what's more dramatic? A team that gets hot and playing rally and is able to upset the top seed because they've played the game of their life or two very evenly matched teams that have been at 14-14 for 20 minutes playing our hearts out. Right, just trying to get that last point. Watching two teams be on the edge of, of victory and fighting tooth and nail and watching them be to the point of exhaustion and then finding another jump serve to get that next point that they fought 20 minutes for and then fighting for another five minutes to only lose that point and be back at deuce. To me, I think that creates more drama and more excitement. As much as I love to see the, you know, the little guy win, I, th- I think you get more drama and excitement out of, out of the option of side out. Side out versus rally. What makes a good grass volleyball tournament? What makes a good tournament exciting? Is it when the best team wins or when there's more upsets? How do we improve the game of old school grass volleyball? Okay, so those are all questions we talk about and we're going to try to answer in this episode of the Grass Volleyball Podcast. But before we get there, I'm Ned Batchison. Outside of what I do with the Grass Volleyball Podcast, I'm also the founder of Pittsburgh Grass Volleyball here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we do grass volleyball leagues, tournaments, and pickup for adults of all skill levels. In this episode specifically, I'm talking to Bobby Weber and Matt Cooney, two guys that certainly know their way around a grass volleyball court. Now, Bob's a Western Pennsylvania guy, product of Derry High School specifically, and Matt is from Eastern Pennsylvania, a product of Penn Ridge High School. If there's a volleyball tournament in Western Pennsylvania, whether that be indoor or outdoor, Bob has certainly heard of it and has likely played in it. He plays more volleyball than pretty much anybody that I know and really has his ear to the ground in terms of what's going on in, in the area. Matt also has a lot of experience growing up playing volleyball and playing grass volleyball. He's from an area with a really rich history of grass volleyball, being eastern Pennsylvania. He's also a small business owner and also works in live events, so he definitely brings a unique perspective to the conversation. But with that, let's jump into the conversation with Bob Weber and Matt Cooney. All right, gentlemen, what's going on? Hi, Ned. Um, hey, man, how you guys doing? Good. All good, man. How about yourself? Me or Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, this is my first uh, first conversation with two people, so I need to um, say people's names specifically. But yeah, Matt, specifically, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, man. You know, uh, it seems like we're getting uh, to, to the end of this this pandemic. I'm looking forward to being able to get back out on the court um you know business is starting to pick back up you know people are getting their vaccine shots so uh yeah man it's uh looking bright this is definitely one of the tougher years where i mean obviously we're always you know cooped up in our our houses until the the springtime summertime but this year especially has been has been difficult right but yeah about yourself, yeah, you, got, Bob. you got guys out there playing with masks on, you know, just to be able to get out there and play. It's got to be tough. 
Oh yeah. 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 Definitely a tough, uh, tough aspect. What about the, the people wear masks in the league that you're in Bob or? Uh, yeah. Um, do you have to? Yes. The, uh, the Sunday league at grid athletics. Um, the first time that I went, I tried my whole team tried not wearing one and they're, uh, they're patrolling it pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, they're coming around asking everybody to mask up on the court, off the court. And I will say it is <laughs> a whole nother game. If you aren't in shape. Yeah. I, uh, especially not being able to play for how many months and then getting, getting on the court in a hot gym, having to put a mask on and it's, it's definitely different. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even think about. Do you, I mean, do you, do you do you think it affects your your fitness? Because I guess you can't breathe um, as well, right? So I guess you're taking in less. I don't know. There's, I remember hearing like at one point it was bad for you to to work out in right. a mask, but maybe things went a different direction. So don't. Quote so me that, but. the way I see it is, I'm not losing anything in it when it comes to like breathing or anything like that. Uh, you definitely just get tired quicker. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, with some rallies in volleyball, if they're long rallies, you're gassed. I mean, you're, you're definitely, you're definitely tired. Um, mm-hmm. But like the quick rallies and, you know, the time between serves stuff like that, you still have your time to breathe and, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, good deal, guys. Yeah, thanks again for doing this. This is not a problem. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So this all kind of started for for people listening. This started as a a poll that I put out just to. Um, well, I'm I'm in a role too where I focus on like customer experience for my 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 real job. So I'm always kind of thinking about that. Some of those same items as it relates to volleyball and grass volleyball so trying to you know always think about how we can improve improve the game so I put a poll out that was like you know what what sucks about the grass game so we'll we'll get to those here in a little bit um but that you know that's that's why we're here but yeah I just want to do a quick quick little little background on both of you which is it's 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 funny I've known you both for a while now but still still some questions I, I I have and some things I don't know about you but uh, I'll start with Bob. So Bob, you're from Derry. You went to Derry High School. And yes, now do you live, did you say you live in Jeanette now or? Uh, yeah, we uh, live in Jeanette now. Um, yeah. I was living in Greensburg for a couple of years, which Jeanette's only about five minutes from there, but all the same area. Right, right. And Matt, you went to Penridge out east. Now what, what area is that um, specifically? Let's- so that's northeast of the city, about the uh, Bucks County area. So, um, uh, you're what is like the specific 40... town that you're from? So, so Penridge is um, a couple of townships. So you have if you've uh, a couple of volleyball teams from high school. If you guys, you know, played, you might have heard of Satterton, um, Council mm-hmm. Rock, uh, Central Bucks, North Penn. Um, okay. Yeah. Satterton was a very strong program for years. North Penn was a huge school, so they were able to put together some very good teams. And actually, Penn Ridge, um, I'll, so, you know, I'll talk about that in a minute, but like they've actually been able to put together some really good squads uh, uh, lately. Um, 
Yeah, so about that area. And where where do you? I know you work mainly in West Mifflin. That's where your your restaurant is. Where do you? Is that where you live too? Yes, yeah. So I'm actually in Mon Hall right now. Okay. Um, my restaurant, uh, Secrets Bar and Grill, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration, um, <laughs> is uh, in West Mifflin. Um, so if, yeah, for anybody that's listening, if you get a chance, come on out and you know, give us a shout. Out. Um, but yeah, so it's West Mifflin Mon Hall. Yeah, I've been I've been telling you I've been trying to get there. So apologies that I haven't uh, haven't made it out yet. Good. Because those those cheesesteaks for real, man, are killer. So <laughs> that's all right, man. Let's we'll put the tournament together this summer, and we'll just bring them to you. <laughs> that's hey, that's convenient. I like that. Um. So yeah, Bob, going back to you. You um. Now you played with Brant, Volt, Logan. Yeah, those were uh, right. Those are a lot of the dare guys. My, yeah, those were the, the uh, varsity squad. Whenever I, uh, whenever I joined. I joined my senior year, so it was kind of kind of hard to get into the on the court whenever you have some of those guys. But Bob, if you don't mind me asking, what was your senior year? Uh, 09, 2009. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that was that. I I want to say I uh, we played a dairy team in possibly club um, back when I was in high school. So I was just okay. kind of curious if there. There's a chance that you and I might have actually met on the court, you know, way back when. Yeah. Mine was, mine was 2000, so it was so that wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I didn't know that, but I didn't know that you just started playing your senior year. Yes, sir. Huh? What What got you into it? Was it just being friends with those guys and uh, and playing? Not or? even. Not even. Um, my freshman year of high school, the uh, the gym teacher was actually the volleyball coach, Sean Spencer. Um, and he, you know, he was hounding me a little bit my freshman year for me to join the volleyball team. And I really wasn't, you know, wasn't interested, didn't really feel like it was something I would like. Uh, and then senior year came around and I kind of came to the realization that I really didn't do anything in high school. I just sort of went to school and went home. So I wanted to try something out uh i was always good at like gym class volleyball and stuff like that so decided to join the team and loved it ever since so you didn't you didn't know any of those guys before you uh no team no were Um, they all you guys all seniors were all were you all the same year or no no um so justin volp was a senior um and that's probably the only person you know from the from Derry my year um Logan Patterson was a year below me and Kyle Brandt was actually a year below him Mm -hmm. so when I when I was a senior Logan was a junior and uh Kyle Brandt was a sophomore Mm -hmm. any any Derry dudes you want to shout out that I may have missed like I mean grass grass volleyball dudes I would know maybe um Derry wise it, it's actually pretty ironic. Uh, one of my one of my long term doubles partners, Scott Dixon, uh, he ne- he never played volleyball in high school or college or anything like that. He was a baseball player, but uh, he was a dairy boy, and he played in the sand with us during the summer. And I mean, he just learned from learned from playing with all of us. 
Um, Funny how often that happens. Cause one of my, my partner too, one of my closest friends, TJ, he, um, yeah, he didn't start playing like one of his friends, whenever he went to college at Shippensburg, just had him out playing sand one time. So yeah. Interesting. And you too, I guess, I mean, you started, you started pretty late too. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, now Matt, you played, I think with some of the McGinley's right. Who are fantastic yeah. volleyball players. So, yeah. So for me, I mean, it was the same kind of thing. Like I was, you know, um, picnics, um, you know, recreational stuff, gym class. I always enjoyed it. I don't know if you guys, if you guys have ever played the game Nukem. Oh yeah. Um, Where you right, catch so it. It's based, yeah. You basically, it's like, you, it's, yeah, you catch it and you throw it. And it's basically volleyball before you, you know, learn how to control, you know, have any ball control. And it's great for, you know, kids learning the game. Um, I ran a middle school program where it's like, that's how we started, right? We just played Newcomb. That way they learned where to move onto the court and this and that. Um, and I love that. Right. So, and then, uh, Penn Ridge, fortunately, uh, had a men's team. Uh, and I honestly, Bob, you're fortunate to have a men's team as well. Like Derry's a sound program for that. I mean, they were good when I went to high school and oh, I was yeah. like, they're still, they're still good. Um, but that's, that's rare. I mean, there's lots of women's teams, but men's teams are increasing, but it's still rare. Like some, some places don't offer it. And a lot of times if they do offer it, you know, the coach is somebody that doesn't, you know, is, you know, doesn't know anything about the sport, never played it. Just, you know, they, they don't have, you know, the right people in, in place. Um, so luckily for me, uh, our school had it, um, and they didn't make any cuts. So we had a, uh, a varsity, a JV, and a freshman, or maybe it was just a JV. I don't really remember, but there was three teams. So what, what grade the, or what what year did you first start playing, Matt? Freshman. Okay. okay. So I want to say there was three freshman teams, a JV team and a varsity team, if I'm remembering my high school correctly. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a while ago. So basically, <laughs> I was on that third JV team. So if they would have made cuts. I would, you know, my life would be vastly different. I, who knows if I'd be playing the game, right? Um, so that just tells you how popular I feel like volleyball is out east compared to. I mean, it is popular here too, but there were three JV teams. Yeah, that's yeah, and I, that's and insane. I, and I'm looking back on it now. I don't. Like, I remember being salty about being on like the third team. But I don't know if it was because I had a bad tryout or because she was trying to make sure that the teams were balanced. But I remember being salty about it. And, uh, <laughs> and but lucky, but lucky she didn't make the cuts. And lucky that you know, if we're giving shoutouts, I had I had a fantastic uh, coach. His name is Tim Moore. I, I think I've talked to you about him. If, uh, if you've been out east or you've been at the Rumble, um, you know he's uh, he he won the Rumble at the forty and over a couple years ago. I don't want to I don't want to say how long ago because that means I don't want to tell him he's old, but he's fantastic. I mean, he's all of five foot, whatever, but I mean, great hands, defense, serve you off the court. And then like, when you think you can beat him, cause he's, you know, not as tall, he like, you know, stuff blocks you, soft blocks you, you know, puts what bounces one off of a line, uses your block, like just, you know, unbelievable to have him as a coach. And then, uh, that really like helped inspire, right. Cause he gave us good information. He wasn't, you know, a wrestling coach that was picking up an extra stipend. You know, um, right. which is, you know, amazing. Uh, and then as far as high, the rest of the high school went, I bet I had four players 
that came in as freshmen that were already friends um, that became lifelong friends. So like if I get cut that year, I don't meet three, you know, three friends that I still have today. Three friends that, you know, actually a bunch of friends. Um, Kevin Cuff, uh, Julian Rivera, Garth McGinley, um, the, one, of the, one of the McGinley brothers. Um, and then uh, Keith Moyer, who's also Tim's cousin. Um, and three out of the four of those guys were in my wedding and I was in their weddings. You know, um, which I think might be where the enthusiasm for the game really picked up because it's like you've got good friends, and you know when you're when you're enjoying the what you're playing, uh, it just I don't know. It, the game has actually really been. Um, I'm grateful to have it because it, it would have been vastly different um, if if not for that. So um, yeah, and we did we did very well, right? We had, uh, we would come early, we would stay late, we'd play pick up just the four of us for six hours at a time on a Saturday because we were 18 and didn't get tired. Um, went to Penn State, you know, volleyball camp, played club, which is where I think I played, we played dairy in a couple of, a uh, couple of club tournaments, which, yeah, they were very good. Um, so, yeah, there's just definitely an appreciation for it from, from that respect. And then, uh, you know, after that little but a college club ball did some coaching um, and we did well, man. Uh, so, I mean, that's a lot of, I guess my background. If you, if mm-hmm. that, that's what we're doing. Well, my guess is out East, it's just a given like, um, you know, that, that volleyball is, is there and, and something that most guys play. Is that, is that a fair? I, I think so. I mean, I also happen to be fortunate. I think uh, not only to have a men's team, but it was like there was it was a hotbed of activity for it. So Satterton um, had a, had this coach Will Lapp, who's you know legendary out there. Um, he made Satterton a you know strong program, but they had uh, he ran indoor leagues two nights a week in the winter. He ran a great Fantastic Fours uh, Wednesday night league. So you know with that much exposure and that amount of chance to play uh in high school and as an adult even after you're done it creates you know that it's you know that that foundation for bigger tournaments and bigger appreciation and more people playing and, and then better play you know it's not just rec teams getting together it's you know it's guys coming back from college that went to penn state it's guys that you know are going division one and then coming back home um i mean mm-hmm. You know, and I, I can't say it's everywhere over there, but it's the same way with, you know, Derry being a strong program with Allegheny out here. I don't, I'm not as familiar with the high school game because I haven't coached last I, mean, I coached a men's team and a women's team probably 10 or eight years ago. Um, but you now, know. do you think that's unique? That's probably not unique to the high school that you went to. Cause I feel like here it's very, very hit or miss. Like Bethel's program is, you know, just just kind of getting getting good up to the NA level. But you know, even back when I started, I was kind of like Bob. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to play. No, I mean, are that many people even playing? So I played basketball for a while, and I don't know. So right. I mean, like I said, I think it's it might be it might be just a weird. I, I think because of that Wednesday night league. Um, that league wasn't just a Saturday, you know, the kids from Satterton. It was like, you know, it was the kids from CB West. It was the kids from North Penn. It was the kids from Penn Ridge. 
So that brought together different players um, kind of like organically, right? Like the kids that were really into it and then it was able to grow uh, and you were able to get competition and, and, and good play and enthusiasm for it. So, uh, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And Bob, um, how did you get into grass volleyball specifically? So you started playing in high school. Was everybody just playing grass out in Derry or is that a, not a thing then? So we had a sand court behind Derry High School um, that a lot of the men's team would go play after school and stuff like that, uh, meet up there in the summertime. Um, as for grass volleyball, Ned, I'm pretty sure uh it was you uh, <laughs> oh really wow. yeah uh i played uh, i want to say i might have taken a trip up to penn state before i met you um for their uh a tournament that they used to put on i'm not real sure if they put it on anymore um it was the penn state pancake open um <clears throat> i went there i think it was 2015 2014 something like that um played in a doubles tournament there and then i'm pretty sure that's whenever uh you started i don't know if it was when you started um pick up but that's whenever you reached out to me and uh i brought uh chris robine me chris robine and brandon mack shorty real tall guy uh-huh. uh, um yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's whenever we all met, and yeah, you really got got me into the grass game heavy. Interesting, <laughs> Matt. How about you? Is it, it is it uh, just just the same as indoor? Or was everybody just playing grass in the summer times there? Yeah, I guess. And so, you know, between Kevin, Joy, and Garth, if, 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 uh, so Garth McGinley, which, by the way, if, if I forget, I can't not say. So Ryan McGinley is his brother. Um, What's the age difference yeah. there? Um, I want to say he was a freshman when we were seniors because we always laugh about it because we used to, like, you know, uh, I don't know about you guys. I mean, we were so enthusiastic about it. We would pepper, like, in a circle. And we would just beat on Ryan and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just hammer balls at him. And so like, just, but the, his progression was amazing. So like, I want to say he was a freshman when we were seniors and now he's probably the, you know, the, the greatest player I've ever been able to like play out of court with, like not as a partner, but like in pickup. But so what we would do is our enthusiasm for it. We would go set up a net ourselves down at the park um because you know when the season was over you got to play like that was how we got to play you know know, tournaments were fine but like we'd have more fun and get more play in um and more touches by playing you know uh you know twos or quads you know tim you know and again tim moore would do it keep more like we had this nice little click of people that really enjoyed the game and enjoyed each other's company and you would just go set up a net or two nets um you know and you know, again, one begets another. So, like, like we wound up uh, our senior season, not you know, relive you know, relive the glory days. But basically, our team was terrible. Penridge was awful. Like, they weren't, they didn't win a division or whatever championship since Tim was there, and he was probably six years ahead of me. After we started to become good, um, it kind of made it cool, right? Like, people were like, 
we were good at it and it didn't, you know, uh, it wasn't as looked down upon. And now some of the teams that have come out and some of the players that have come out and went to Penn State, they're getting Division One rides. I mean, like it's it's a like respectable program because once you get good at it and your school gets a reputation for it, Bobby, you could probably speak to this about Derry. You know, if that's what you're known for, that's what you're known for. Right. You know, it's just like in football or basketball. You know, Duke's known for basketball or this or that. Like you know, it's a one begets another. You know. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of probably how the grass came around. It's just a chance to keep playing, you know. What was the and, first? And you get that, and it's and it's, a, and it's sorry, not to cut you off. And it's the and I think one of the best parts about grass is that you know it's not quite sand and it's not quite indoor. So like you get a little bit of the best of both worlds. Like you can you know you can dive without totally getting hurt, but you can still get your hops and be able to put a ball down and bounce it, right? And and you can kind of set it up anywhere. You only need a little bit of space to really get the play, you know. Um, and you get you know, and you get those extra touches, right? Like you know, sixes is great, but it's very uh, specific. You know, you know, height really matters, and technical, you know, soft hands, and you know, no, like, you, know, you have to be. The game changes it once you get to those upper echelons, right? Like I was, I. I'm no slouch, but at a certain point, I'm also not six six or six eight. You know, with you know, forty inch vert. Right. You know, and that I think grass allows that to happen. You know, like Bobby. I mean, you're. I'm surprised that that your senior year was the first year you came out because you're a very good player. Um, so you. it's surprising. That. That, it's surprising to hear you. Uh, you know, kind of came into the game that late. You know, yeah. and I think grass. And I think grass allows for that, right? It allows for you oh, to yeah. make up that that time. You know, yeah. Um, so it's a good point because, like, that's. I mean, there's a million things I love about grass volleyball, but the fact that, like, I mean, you just find a flat, grassy field and find four people, and all right, you got a match. You know, yeah. So yeah. there's a lot. Right. It's a lot more available, right, than a sand match or indoor. You know, you have to. You have to. You can't just walk into an indoor facility and play, right? So, right, and like you always talk about, grow the game, right? Um, and that's why, you know, you see a lot more participation in something like basketball than you do in hockey, because you can put up a basketball, you know, hoop just about anywhere. Uh, whereas hockey, you know, you need to go to the rink, you got to buy expensive equipment, you got to get rink time, you know what I'm saying? Like, whereas this, you need maybe a net and a ball and three other people. That's which, it. Which begs the question why isn't grass volleyball more, more popular? I mean, it, it should be in the way you're explaining it there. And that's, I mean, that's a conversation for another time, but. Um, well, I mean, brief, yeah. I mean, briefly, I would say it's, it, it, I think we, you know, if, if we're trying to do that, um, you know, we're scratching the surface of it. Like the Pittsburgh open is great. Right. Um, the Allegheny bash is great. Those are tournaments. But I think when I like the idea to me is like that Wednesday night league that we played in, um, I think that grows the game better than individual tournaments because it keeps people engaged and it gives them more playing time. Because at, at the end of the day, like as much as I love playing in a tournament, you know, uh, I only get so many, you know, I get all day to play, but I only play four times possibly, you know. Mm -hmm. So you get you get more uh, experience to do it and more chances for people to join. You know, because what happens if I'm, you know, on vacation or something else happens? Now I didn't get to go to that tournament. 
Whereas like if you get league play, I think league play, I think is the answer. If, to make long story short, league play is probably the answer to, to growing the grass game. Interesting. I can agree and with we, that. Yeah. And then we also talked about it and we can, you know, again, for another conversation for another time. But if you look at the Pittsburgh Open as your main event, um, possibly ancillary events that because the location and that, that the South Park Oval is an excellent location, excellent field, great field conditions. I know I'm not going to roll an ankle on a on a you know on a on a divot. Um, however, it's only you know it is a certain part of Pittsburgh. So I think you and know, I talked about like satellite you know pre-tournaments that would involve the you know northern part of Pittsburgh up in Wexford something a little more east something a little more west something a little more south and that way you know you could reach out to those different geographics and then maybe bring them together uh at a at a main event right yeah um I think you did bring up bring that up before and that is interesting just different regional tournaments and then if you qualify quote unquote yeah you come to the the big open yeah, I like right. that. And really you, interesting idea. Yeah, and then, you know, I think we also talked about it you know, when we were kind of kicking it around. It was like, you know, when we do those regional tournaments, you try to reach out to a, like a local club team or a local high school team, you know, to, you know, also spread the word with the younger players. Because that's a lot of it, what it comes down to is that, like, if you don't have exposure in high school to grass volleyball, like, you're not necessarily going to know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if like the high school team does it, then those other local high schools, even if it's, you know, if Derry is, you know, far and away the best team at their high school, but there's, you know, three good players uh, at one team that, you know, that they play in their division and maybe two over here. Now we're starting to pick up, uh, you know, one player here and there. And that's, and that's, you know, part of how we're going to improve, um, you know, the grass game in tournaments is incrementally. Right. You got to right. start with one. Right. It's, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You get one player, get two players. You're not going to ever just get 50 right out of the gate. Right. And we see that with the uh, like with the trend for the past years that even the, the Pittsburgh grass uh, open, you know, you see that, you know, Ned, you like to take a, a group picture um, before the tournament even starts. And I mean, three years ago, the picture, you know, you fit everybody on one length or one width of a net. Three years later, you're taking up, you know, how much space because there's just so many more people. You're just growing it, growing it over time and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's an uphill battle definitely in Western Pennsylvania. So I knew that going in, starting, starting the company that, you know, it's never going to be the rumble in, in two years or five years, but yeah, every, over time through, you know, the things that you both talked about, I think, I think we we'll get there. I wouldn't, I would, yeah, I'd say I wouldn't sell yourself short. Right. I mean, cause uh, honestly, I mean, what the rumbles, what the largest grass tournament in the country or the East coast country. No, yeah. it used to be, and it, I know it used to be the East coast. I think it's the country now, right. You got, you well, got, it's, you got, you got X, uh, depending upon how you split it up. Um, the, Let's see the other tournament in uh, the newer one. It was it Nashville or in Wisconsin. Okay, is that um, it? One it, yeah, the one in Wisconsin is the uh, Wapaka boat ride. Right, Wapaka. Yeah, that one in in the Rumble. They depending upon how they how they cite their numbers. I think one can. Well, I think actually the Rumble calls themselves the, the largest grass doubles tournament in the nation, and okay. Wapaka I can't remember. 
Uh, right. So, I mean, maybe you're not going to be close. that, right? Maybe you're not going to be that. But, you know, they got a huge head start. It is what it is. But Susquehanna and the Smash, right? Right. Uh, Brad has done a fantastic job with that. Um, you know, and he's, you know, he did do the Allegheny Bash over there. But there is definitely the ability to put together a large Western uh, PA tournament, you know, because it doesn't exist. Therefore, it's possible for it to exist. Totally. Right. Yeah. I think think you're on the inside track. You know, I think you got a great chance to be that. Yeah, definitely trying. And one one of the things we did in 2019, to your point, Matt, was I want it, I want it to be more than just, just one tournament. So we did like uh, weekly, was it, I think it was weekly pickup for, for the months of like end of May into, into June, but, you know, skipping the rumble, obviously. So, you know, last year was a wash this year. I don't even know if, if given COVID and everything that I just want to get a bunch of random people together, but that's, that's something I want to keep doing. Cause I think that brings new people and, you know, allows you to just play with whoever, whenever. And I think that that helps, but. Uh, well, I mean, what I would say with that is you should plan for it because ideally, and I, not to get, you know, political or anything or medical about COVID, but like if they're saying that the vaccine should be available to everybody in May, then if everybody can get a vaccine, uh, basically, if, you know, if there's more supply than there is demand at that point, you know, restrictions and all that should be, you know, off the table. You know, we should be, we should be open. We should be wide open because either you, you know, you can get the vaccine or you've chosen not to. So there's no reason to still be under, um, you know, social medical restrictions. Right. So ideally we, I mean, it's possible. I mean, obviously it's a lot of work for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's too close at this point, but you know something could be doable. And you know, you're changing my mind. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair point. Well, I'm I'm willing to help if you actually make a change. Yeah, noted. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I know we're running a little behind here. Uh, so let's see. In terms of, I did want to ask you just a couple. One other background question was just, what do you guys remember? What year you both started playing the Rumble? Well, if you guys can put a year on the year that it rained bad, like it was a mud pit. Oh, yeah. It was Ooh. a mud pit walking into registration. It was a mud pit, all the courts. Um, I, I, I want to say that was 15. Yeah, I want to say it was right around there. Um, Does that sound right, Matt? 2015 or was it 2017 that was the the mud, mud fest? I can't remember. We don't know. I had a lost decade of uh, of my other job being away and on the road, so I lost like a lot of prime years to not being able to play tournaments. Um, I want to say it was probably about then. Yeah, I, I want to say it was. I want to. It was closer to yeah. 2015, I believe, than 2017. Yeah. Um, I know my first grass tournament, I want to say I was a freshman. So that would have been like 96. And I would have said the first time I would have played the rumble would have been maybe uh, so probably 97 or 98. Probably, probably sophomore year, I would think 97 or 98. Oh, uh, no. You know what? It would have been. It would have been junior year. So it would have been 98. Uh-huh. Like somewhere in there, whatever that, wherever, however the crossover works. I, was, I don't want to say I was a junior because I think I actually played with my coach. 
darn i'm like i put myself on mute for a second i was fumbling around for i have one of the the i'm sure you guys have these too but you know the the rumble gives out that brochure that says past winners and things and oh yeah yeah and fumble around to find that to see because i think they documented maybe they didn't document what year the flood was because no I think uh, they play, did play still I took some good pictures of it because it was uh, yeah I, I can I, I can see them in my mind about Bonnie, Bonnie's pictures of people playing basically in you know three inches of water yeah yeah that was a fun year man <laughs> that was that was wild just how how well, and then, and it was actually worse that, i think right? sunday because it was so torn up you know it got so torn up saturday that sunday i think they had to they tried to move a lot of the nets it was just a mud pit sunday because well, it was I think, nice on sunday too, right didn't they lose a year to being flooded yeah that was that was back in the day though i yeah, think that was yeah. i don't remember what now you're just, now you're just making me feel old dude <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> but yeah let's uh I want to transition to the announcement that the AVP made about the grass tour. And for people that aren't aware, I'll just, I'll just quickly read this off and then we can discuss, but the email that I got recently was what, maybe a couple of days, a couple of days ago, it said the AVP America has big news for the grass volleyball community. The AVP grass tour will be the premier series of grass volleyball events in the world. These marquee events will feature substantial prize money, Prize money purses, enhanced event layouts, and professional level equipment standards, all operated by our expert and dedicated staff. The formats of each event will vary, which I like. That's a cool idea because they're basically, they, you know, they understand that different, different regions do different things. So, you know, I think it sounds like they're going to do, you know, triples, double, now, short court, big are court. They, are they, a, like, so uh, again, so I told you I'm, I'm admittedly a little behind on this topic. Are they AVP players coming to play on grass? Or is it just the AVP running it? No, I think it's it's the AVP America uh, group okay. that's running this. I mean, if I would, I don't know. I'd have to think. I mean, there's going to be a fair amount of of prize money available, so I'd have to think if 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 the guys aren't or guys or girls aren't aren't playing in a specific tournament, I'd, I'd have to believe if they were close in proximity to it that they would come out. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm know. just thinking about like when you guys saw with Dollhouser with that like was that the Rumble when you put what you when you put some of those guys on grass it is just <laughs> you know what I mean you're look it is the a different level crazy you know Bob what were you gonna say uh yeah I I wouldn't be surprised if we uh saw some of the bigger names and stuff like that um in some of the grass tournaments um especially like you said um you know, with their pool play and stuff like that. Um, if a certain team doesn't make, doesn't make playoffs or something in the, in the AVP sand tournaments and stuff like that, they, they might ride out to a closer uh, grass tournament. If it's, you know, the next day and uh, you know, compete for money in that, in that fashion. Well, what's your what's your hot take, both of you, in terms of that you know AVP Grass Tour announcement? Do you think hot take one one sentence? Do you think it's a big deal, or do you think eh, it's it won't mean that much in the grand scheme? Well, I'll start, Bob. Sorry. Uh, I'd have to say it's going to be big. Um, I, I think it's going to be good exposure, not only for the grass game but for uh, AVP themselves. 
I, I think it's going to be a big move for those guys. Matt? I would say it can't be bad for the game. Yeah. Right? That's, I mean, if we're going to try to keep it short, it can't be bad for the game. There's, you know, that's it. It's definitely good. Uh, yeah, I would agree. That Size-wise, how, you know, what it, you know, what it does one way or the other, doesn't matter as long as you're doing it, it's good for the game. I just feel like grass volleyball has an image problem where because the AVP only does sand, everybody thinks, well, okay, sand is, is the only thing and sand is cool and grass is, you know, not cool. So yeah, I, I second and third your opinions. I think it'll just putting the AVP name on grass tournaments will finally give grass some much needed uh, help in terms of image. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's only so many people that can jump out of the sand and put a ball down. That's why grass is to me better because it allows players at, you know, that are still very good to be able to, you know, excel and play the game the way they know how to play it from playing indoor. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm a, again, none of us are slouch on the court, but like, I can't get, you know, I can't put a ball on a 10 foot line in sand unless it's like, unless I start kicking it up towards the net, you know, I'm building myself a little mound where I'm going <laughs> right. to jump from. So, yeah. you know, it, grass gives everybody a chance to, you know, you know, be who they are on the court. That's a fair point. It's more, more of an even playing field. I never, I really literally never, never thought about that before, but that, that makes sense. Yeah. But let's, yeah, let's transition to um, more grass, grass volleyball specific here. So yeah, going back to the original poll that I put out. So basically, um, you know, ways that we can improve the grass game. And even before we get to, well, there were, there were three top answers that people, there, there were basically, I put a poll out, um, 70 or so people responded to it and there were the, the, the top three answers. So we'll come back to those in a moment, but the topic of side wait, out. Wait, versus- wait, real quick. Was one of them me and Bobby? Is that why we're here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys have a good answer to to a couple of them. So yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. But no, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um the the question of side out versus rally, I think is still still a relevant topic. And it's relevant too because two of the top three answers, if we just moved the old school game to rally, I think that would alleviate most of the issues. So what's your Bob, what's your hot take on side out versus rally? Um, I've talked about this to, you know, a bunch of friends and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people want to, want to see the grass game. And even with like the old squirrels and stuff like that, a lot of people want to switch to rally and, and I'd be all for that, but I still, I still personally think I, uh, I like the side out game just a little more. Um, I don't. I want to uh, stay. Uh, why did they say? Why did they say rally? What was their reasoning? If you don't mind me asking. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people complain that um, the sets take too long. Um, I mean, I I personally, and I assuming you guys can can agree, you've you've probably had those matches where they take forty five, fifty, an hour to get one set through, and it's just. One, one side serves, the other side sides out, and uh, repeat. I mean, you're stuck at zero zero for, you know, 
20 minutes. Um, right. Matt, I can, I can speak to, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here because yeah, I, I, I'm still on the side of side out for sure. But devil's advocate would say it leads to a better player experience and a smoother running tournament as a, as a tournament director. And I can unpack that if you want me to go deeper there. All right. But. So, all right. So repeat that. So basically I understand, I understand where you're coming from on smoother tournament running and I can counter that and we'll get into that after this topic, but why is it a better player experience? I, I, and obviously we all love grass volleyball and I love side out square. I think we're, or, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, old school rules, but why, why is it a better player experience? Well, this, this kind of speaks to the number one answer people, people gave whenever they said what they didn't like about, um, you know, old school grass tournaments is that long wait between, between pool play and playoffs. And there's a couple reasons why that happens, but one of the main reasons is the, um, you know, a specific game, like Bob was saying, or a specific pull gets way out of whack. We end up playing for an hour and we, you know, we play our one match that goes for an hour and a half. And actually, well, now that I'm looking at this, the number two response was sitting too long or playing too long. So that also speaks to the, the player experience there. Cause if I'm sitting and waiting for that match to happen, or maybe it, maybe I'm two matches from that match happening. That's a, you know, a long, long time to play. And then, um, same, same answer there. If you're someone that's playing for that long, like, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome. But at the same time, you, you're, you know, you're beat at the end. So you can look right. at, yeah, you can so, look at player experience both, both ways, but yeah. What's your, what's your, what's your counterpoint? Uh, well, uh, how much time do you have? So, um, <laughs> well, we're already at an hour and I know I said an hour. So are we, are we I mean, okay? If I'm we down do to keep going if you guys are. I'm down to keep going. If you guys are. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, um, say I five thirty. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever works. So, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about this. So as far as player experience, right. So uh, what I, what I said earlier, right. When uh, me and my friends, you know, from high school would go play, we loved playing in tournaments, but we actually loved playing just against each other and switching teams and playing King of the court better because we could go out on a Saturday and get four of us together, six of us together, eight of us together and just play for hours. It's about touches. Right. And that's why, honestly, I think grass and quads or doubles is better because I get to be more involved in the game. I get to have more of an influence. I get to play. Right. And sixes, you know, I don't, I might only get, you know, four or five sets uh, a game. Um, at which point, you know, I'm probably going to be pissed at my setter. But that's <laughs> the, the idea of the tournament is if you're talking about play, player uh, experience, is I want to have fun and I want to get the most out of my day. Um, and I think that really came around to me as far as like I had my job took away my opportunities to play in a tournament. So when I finally got to play in a tournament and I was in a 14 pool and it was rally and the games were short and I didn't get a lot of play time. I was like, man, like the only thing I really wanted to do was actually play more today. Right. Right. So and I think the concerns that people have. So what we're talking about. Um, and when I thought about this, I did an outline, right? So, uh, what we're talking about is time and wait time and lag time and smoother running tournaments. So, uh, like you had talked about earlier, uh, trying to correlate your actual job and life to, you know, how it would translate into volleyball. So, uh, besides running the bar and grill, um, and then you might know this, but I also work in live music production. 
live event production. Um, and not just like a band going to a club and, you know, moving a couple of, you know, amps. Um, I'm talking 20 truck tours, you know, arenas. Um, and one of the ways we have to deal with loadout, um, not so much load in, you got time on a load in, but on the loadout, the longer you take, the less sleep you get. So it's like a race to get your best time. Um, and I have uh, a great production manager that explained it like this, Jimmy Petnato, who's also ironically a volleyball player um, uh, and, and, a, and a racing aficionado. Uh, so for TSO, when we're at the PPG and we're trying to load out 20 trucks, uh, the way to do that uh, under two hours, which is where we want to be, uh, the first night we start, we're at three and a half hours. So how do we get ourselves to two, two hours? Well, if we've got 20 trucks, each truck needs to get one minute better. And if we do that once, that's, if each truck does that, that's 20 minutes. And if we do that again, that's 40. We do it again, it's 60. If we do it again, we're at you know, a buck 20 and we're almost, at our, we're almost at our goal, right? So that same thing applies to the volleyball tournament. So if we're talking about registration, um, that's the number one thing we all hate, right? If you have to, you know, if you're, if the tournament is like the Allegheny Bash, Brad did a great job, uh, but that tournament was 45 minutes away from me and registration started at eight. That means I need to leave my house by seven. That means I need to be up by six. And I probably didn't get any sleep the night before because I was so excited to play. Uh, and then once I got there, I got in line at eight o'clock because I want to make sure I get a good you know, spot with my, my tent. So now I'm up at six o'clock. And if I'm on a five-team pool um, and we're playing old school rules or whatever, I might not even get to play my first match until, what, 10, 10.30? Yeah. Right? You know, if we're playing old school rules and we have one of those nightmare matches, uh, you know, it's 11. And I, and I was up at 6 o'clock today and I haven't played a lick until 11. That, that is definitely got to be one of our number one complaints, right? Can we agree on that? I would definitely agree. Yeah. Right. Right. And and again, Ned, it has nothing. You know, that's no knock against you. You guys have a very tough job. Um, I think the, one of the ways to solve that problem um, is, you know, we got to get off the pen and paper. You know, there. You know, registration takes so long because I don't know about you guys, but it, I feel like it's still happening. Is that you get there at eight, you get in line, and there's somebody at a table that's got their pen and paper, and they're checking you off, and they're taking cash. And they're doing this and that. Um, if there's anybody out there that can develop, you know, as an app developer, uh, that's where, you know, we need to start looking. Because ideally, we could be doing these things in real time where, you know, I know that they do this with uh, people that work um, jobs where they, you know, they, you know, they're dealing with construction or they're bouncing from site to site. You, you punch your clock on your phone. So you get to the site, you clock in. And you can't even clock in unless you're within a certain radius of the GPS coordinates, right? So that can happen. You know, we may not to get that get that specific, but basically, once you get to the once you get to the uh, tournament site, once you get to the oval, you go on your phone and you clock in. And ideally, you've already prepaid. So you know, uh, Ned, you've already probably got your your pools kind of seated. Um, but you don't have to wait. You don't have to spend an hour just processing who's here and who's not. You also don't have to process who's paid or not. Really two keys, I think, come kind of come down to what, what's going to make grass volleyball better. I think it does come down to technology. Exactly like you were saying, Matt, I think um, 
and, and interestingly, there is an individual working on a, a specific app that, um, you know, I'm going to be talking, Bob and I are going to be talking to hopefully here in the near future. So that's, that's one item. And then I think, I think the, the, um, format I think is the other, other big thing we could change uh, about the grass game to make things better. Right. Cause if you're talking about Matt's, Matt's idea there where, you know, if your team five and a five team pull and you have to wait for two hours, right. That's pretty yeah, crappy. You, yeah. You don't know when you're going to see the court. Right. Well, it, it's really interesting. Cause I just, just was made aware of a, of an app um, that I guess has been developed for, for pickleball, but this individual is also into volleyball and I'm going to be talking, Bob and I are going to be talking to this guy. I think one of the biggest things that, that needs to change to make grass tournaments better is technology. So I'm, I'm totally right. on board with you. I think. Right. Uh, on site. So basically once you're on site, you clock in, right. Yeah. You say, Hey, I am here. Not to mention, here's my payment. So like PayPal, Venmo, whatever, sub, you know, digital currency, right? I mean, you can still do it the other way, but, you know, exploiting technology, I think gets us so like, well, when I talk about those minutes, right? You know, you got to grab a minute here and a minute there. Mm-hmm. We could save 30 minutes off of registration, if not 45, by, you know, exploiting the technology that's available. Well, the other cool thing this this, this person is working on is, I think it's an app where like you could even, you know, you'll, you'll see your poll. And as long as the people that are keeping score are keeping it up to date, like, you know, you could, right. you could be far right. away and you could know, you could be at center right. court and be like, and Oh, that okay. was my next, and that's where I was going next is that, awesome. that, that, that goes into scoring. So if you're the ref and you're scoring on, you know, on the court, why are we still dealing with pen and paper on scoring? I could do it on my phone, on the app, every team, uh, you know, in the division or even you as the, you know, as the tournament director or anybody that's watching from far away that wants to know the score can check it out on their phone. And it's, and I mean, and we're basically dealing with pretty much real time. Yeah, right? to- totally agree. Yeah. I think technology is, that's what I was saying to Bob technology. And I think format are, are two of the, the biggest things. I think if we're talking old school tournaments, old school meaning side, you know, we're staying, we're staying with side out. But Bob, yeah, talk a little bit about, because um, I think, interestingly, Matt had a similar idea. So I want you guys to kind of bounce your ideas off of each other in terms of the, the format idea. So the, the multiple nets, you know, maybe you're not stuck to a specific net. Okay. Were you able to, to, to um, come yeah, up with so the methodology I, uh, there? Okay. So I mapped this out as, as best as I could. And talking about it, I could probably send you more of a visual um, layout-wise. Um, but just to just to explain um, what I w- what I was thinking, um, it's a shared net theory. Yep. Um, with I, I have three different comparisons here. Uh, you have you know one pool with one net. You have ten games. You're playing ten games on one net. Right. Um, you have a five team pool with two nets. Um, you get. Uh, let's see here. One pool with two two nets. You're getting ten games on two courts. That's five games per court. The only thing that you have to worry about there is space, obviously. Um, but my, what I was thinking would work the best for for most scenarios 
is actually two poles sharing three courts. Yes. Um, you have that's 20 games total uh, with three courts. That's only seven games on each court. Uh, one court actually only having six games. Uh, you know, you're not taking up as much space as if one pool shared two different courts. Um, and the way that I have it Each drawn pool out. has an ancillary net. Is that kind of where yes. we're going? Yes. Bobby, and at some point we're going to have to play doubles together because I feel like we're going to be right on this. <laughs> we, already got, we already got that click going, you know? Uh, but yeah, so I, like I have a full, fi- full five-team pool schedule written out with two pools of five and it not only make i i what looks like would make the pool play go quicker because you're adding another net for the people for people that are just sitting you know um and it also looks like it eliminates uh teams either playing a bunch of games in a row or teams sitting for three games before they play even one. Um, Do you have that as a file you can send or is it pen and paper? Uh, it's, it's pen and paper, but I can, I can type something up as well. And or I can use it to both of you guys. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 I can do that as well. Yeah, I would love to see it. Cause yeah, where, that's where I stopped. I didn't go to the, I didn't go to the depths of it, but that's yeah. where I was hovering around that exact idea. Like there's, there's a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and what I would say to you is where, where, if I'm guessing correctly uh, and when I talked to uh, my friend Kevin about the same situation, he said, yeah, but where you're going to run into it is yes. the refing. So with right? a five-team right. pool, you don't so run into what, what is your, what is your solution so to the So a five-team pool, you don't run into any refing because if there's, you know, four teams total on one, there's always going to be one sitting team. If, there's, if it's a five-team pool, you always have that one extra team. And if there's two people, one person from each team can ref one net. Um, that's a good right, point right. just because you're the, one and, team and, yeah one team splits that makes sense right, right. now and the, the other, other thing issue, and the other issue with refing so not to cut you off i'll let you finish but the other issue with refing um that my friend kevin brought up is where we also start losing minutes is when you're the team refing in front of the game you're about to play now that guy has to run back to his tent now he needs to stretch you know he needs to warm up so yes. finding a way to get people refing the match after not the ref not the ref before and on a 14 pool Right, you run into that same problem. Right, the the fourteen. But, but I have pool, a solution for you. Okay, the fourteen pool is where you obviously run into a refing problem in every scenario. I mean, there's yeah. just nobody else in your pool. Um, right. For the smaller tournaments, I don't think that's an issue. Um, I think, you know, the the people on the court could, in theory, you know, keep a score. It doesn't have to be on, you know, written down like as they go on but then obviously you run into conflict right um, and that's why like the smaller born tournaments, out of cheating it's just born out of yes. different you, know, uh, you just saw it different you need so, a third party on the court right yes yeah so like the smaller tournaments you know you and and i don't want to say with the lower divisions as well because they mean just as much as as the higher divisions in, in my mind um, but you're going to see more conflict in the higher divisions when you're dealing with cash payouts and, and stuff Absolutely. like that. Um, so that would be one thing that 
you know, you'd have so to figure it's, out. It's one extra net per two pools, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you have, you know, I don't even, you know, if you have five cents, yeah. If you have say six, six pools, you're going to have nine, right? Net. Nine, nine nets. Nine nets. Yep. Right. Yeah, the well, only downside from a tournament center, director center court, right? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, the only downside from a tournament director perspective is I think like you were saying, Bob, like especially like a place like the Rumble, they're trying to pack as many people onto to those fields as possible. So having that right. many extra nets, is that is that yeah, possible? This, uh, yeah, right, but you gotta know. take the rumble out of the equation, right? Yeah, it, right. Yeah, that's it's, that's it's an outlier. <laughs> that's yeah, it's an outlier. And you know what? That's you know, they they've the, they've They've had a chance to. They've already done it enough times. They they know what they can do and can't do. Yeah, but the, for rumble, the majority, it's every, it's different. Yeah, the rumble, the smash, even you know all the, all the bigger tournaments like that, uh, they they I, they couldn't possibly benefit from this theory. I don't think, um, just because of the space, like like you were right. saying, and uh, honestly, in in my opinion, I don't think they would need to. Um, I think they they've got it set up better than better than anybody could imagine because with that many people in one space, you you only have so many options, you know. And it's I think Ken Ken's got it down to a science for for hosting that many people, you know. I I think yeah. if if they can add, like Matt was saying, technology, if the Rumble could add technology to what they do, I think that that would be like the ultimate. Yeah. Format. Yeah. Their registration is where they get killed. Yeah. yeah. But they still do a fantastic job. They're still oh, yeah. they're my all time yeah. favorite terms. Uh, what I would say to you so here's the workaround that I came up with. Uh, right. And this is possible, like, you know, Ned, this is, there's two ways I can think about it. So uh, basically, what you get is, um, Ned, if you can get, or if uh, tournament directors can get, the volunteers uh, to understand the game. If you've got six divisions, right? Are we talking double B or B, double B, A, double A, whatever, forever, however many divisions you have, you need a volunteer to be a division manager, right? Um, so you're talking maybe 20 people, which is a lot. Um, and maybe you don't have to get all 20 people. What you could do uh, not to bring it back to my touring experience, but as far as the buses go, you always have what's called like the bus mom or the bus dad, somebody that's responsible for the division and interacting with the tournament director uh, as far as, hey, we're lagging behind. We need the extra court. This is where we're at. Somebody that's influ uh, keeping you aware of where the where the net is at. You know, this is what, and, and if you have that person and if you have a division manager or the volunteers available, they could also act in a ref capacity um, because now you can, instead of having to say, oh, well, this guy's got a ref, you've got somebody dedicated to allow games to keep moving. So, you know, if, you know, uh, the, you know, double A has four nets and you've got an extra net, but, you know, double B has already been done. Now we can even extrapolate into their net as long as we have the refs available, right? And I think that's where, again, technology comes into play because if you could see what all the scores are, you could see the mat, like as me, the tournament director, I could see, okay, you know, there's, I got 15 nets and 
you know, five or double A and four of them are, you know, all in match three. And, you know, the others are, you know, still in the first match or something like that. Right. So I would know, exactly. you, you know, can, we, we you need, we need to do coming. something here. Right. You can see it coming. Yeah. You and need to if you get have, ahead of it. And if you, if you have some kind of boots on the ground, as far as somebody being responsible for what is this division looking like, how's it shaping up? Cause you know, the next match that needs to play might be the top seed versus the last, you know, you know, the clearly the top seed versus clearly the you know the team that probably might have been should have been in the other division. That game's going to go quick. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, if you've got somebody that's kind of keeping an eye on the division and saying, "Hey, well, you know, this game could be this game could be a barn burner." Um, yeah. You know. So. How did how did you guys feel about? I think I I think I ran this idea by both of you already too. But the idea of playing one game no. per match instead of the whole match. So that kind of alleviates the, um, at least the sitting playing too long. Um, not basically the, the number two answer that 25% of 70 people gave was sitting or playing too long. So if I could, I don't know. And it, it would be a d- definitely a different pace too, right? Because everybody's kind of there watching the net. Um, and in your scenario, Matt, if you, you know, instead of having to wait two hours as team five in a five team pool, you're only waiting one hour, right. Or maybe even less for that, for that first match, or I mean, I'm sorry, the first, first couple matches. So how do you guys feel about that? Um, one game per match idea. Go ahead, Bobby. Um, I, I could see it helping in some aspects. Uh, I don't know though. I, I, I feel like that'd be something that I would have to, I would have to physically uh, experiment with. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine anybody getting more fatigued or less fatigued. I mean, there's obviously less fatigue if you're not playing two matches in a row or two games in a row. Um, but it, it would, it would definitely help to get other people on the court more often i guess you would say yeah so yeah. uh oh, go ahead yeah sorry matt go uh so what i would say is you know some of these uh, these other ideas that we're talking about as far as like you know if there's an app to score on and we're moving ref teams to only ref you know games after them and we've got the extra court and we're doing things like hey there's you know there's no stretching on the court or like if you want to warm up you know, you could do it over here, uh, you know, and that's the other reason you want a division manager or somebody that's in charge of the net, you know, to take responsibility to say, hey, it's a it's a hard five minutes of warm ups on the court, right? If you want to stretch, you want to pepper that needs to happen off the court. So we like basically, again, gaining these minutes here, there and everywhere, I think will alleviate the need to go to that uh extreme as far as one game at a time because at that point now when, like when do i get to eat right like i like you know i i like to know i have at least one hour off because that's when i want to be able to like sit down and you know have my lunch for the day so i'm ready to go for the next you know a uh, bit of time not to mention uh you know if you get smoked the first game it's you know you you kind of pick up a little bit of, on the team that you're playing when you get to play two matches against each other like that's personally why I love being able to say I'd rather play two to 11 than one to 15. 
because sometimes you just need to take a second after that match and reevaluate and that and that makes a difference um yeah. but that being said i heard a very interesting uh other option as far as also as far as seating goes and how the day goes um they they uh, a friend was telling they did a tournament where it was best of three um and it was like best of three to eleven and if you won the first two uh the team that lost starts up by like five or six points or something um and what that does is it allows you to differentiate your seating for playoffs uh if that makes sense mm. so like you, you get a clear you get a clear idea of how good each team actually really is mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah, I mean, I, I it took me it took me a minute to wrap my head around it, um, but I think and the way they I think the way it was described to me I think it was actually rally scoring I think it was actually you know three games to twenty five and they started up certain number of points, mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was an I thought it was at least an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. My only point to the well to to my original idea was I, I think. I think what you already said about trying to shave, you know, a minute here, a minute there off of like the, the transitions are what would get messy with side out right. because, or right. I'm sorry with that, because then you'd be playing one match, then you'd be down, then teams would have to warm up again. Then. Right. So that would be the downside right. there. So maybe, and, and yeah, I don't, I, I do like the idea of having an additional net. I don't know that having um, an additional net per two pulls you know, could, can work for many tournament directors. I do like the idea, maybe somewhere in the middle. I think having, having maybe one net per pool, that could be just like a warm up net. Right. right. So, exactly. Exactly. Like a, so now you've got that time down. Right on. So, but I, I just don't know if putting that, putting it's that on the same, net, in the same area the, though, it, would, would be warm good. Up net, and later in the day, it's a catch up net. Right. An overflow net sort of. Right. Exactly. So during the day, guys are, you know, they don't got to waste, you know, you do your stretching and your peppering off, you know, by your 10 or wherever you got to do it. And then you can get your hitting lines in, uh, you know, and then you're, so you're basically ready to go as long as you're not refing the game before. Right. So you got to solve that problem. And then later in the day, if somebody's vastly behind, now you can throw, you know, another net over there and you have your division manager or somebody from the tournament, you know, come over and ref that game. Yep. I think you start adding all these little things up and I think you're there. I think we're a lot closer. We're definitely better. Yeah. Technology plus an extra net per division. Um, Cause yeah, the other, the other idea or the other thing that people didn't like also something you spoke to Matt was, was that tournaments start too early. So the number one, one, what just to kind of recap here was the long wait between pool play and playoffs, 52% of the people, Responded with that. 25% said sitting or playing too long. We talked through that and what we can do. I think the other well, fun, it's a different fun game idea. early in the morning. Yeah. It's a, like, dude, you got the dew on the grass. Now you're slipping. Now you can't jump. Now you can't do that. Like, yeah. you have it. Like, if you got that first match of the day, you know, and it rained all the night before, you even just has that little bit of dew. Now, you know, it, it's a different game. You know, like, I, if I would have played. If I'd have played the, you know, if I'd have played, you know, me or somebody else that's old, uh, that's going to cut, you know, cut shot me to death. I want to make sure I can get my feet under me. Right. right. 
you know? Yeah. So. Um, I, I know we're, we're running out of time here too. The number three answer I just wanted to say was starting too early. And the, the fun idea, I'll just make a quick point and then I have one, a couple last questions, but um, it would be fun. Like, especially as some, like I normally play double a at the rumble and I, um, you know, to your point, Matt, I, I don't like being the team that has to be there at 8am and then, you know, you don't play till 10 or 11. So the idea of doing pool play in one day and playoffs the next day, maybe for the top divisions in a, in a tournament, maybe for open, maybe for double a, and then for the rumble a, I'm not sure whether that, that could go either way, but I think that would kind of be a fun idea too. And, you know, only, only the top groups would want to, yeah, I mean, anyway. I mean, that, and that's how they do it, right? I mean, only the people that are that dedicated to the sport are willing to de- to dedicate two days to the, you know, to the tournament. Um, right. I, I think you see that at the open division, even in Double A. I think you're going to struggle to find people that are willing to give you two days. Yeah, that's that's probably true. All right, I wanted to end here, so don't don't roll your eyes at this question, but this is a serious question related to the whole side out versus rally question but like if you're thinking about what like what is the goal of a of a tournament because on the side out side of things I think people that want to play side out would say well the best team wins in the side out scenario which which I think is true right um but then the other the the other side the rally side I think from what I was hearing it levels the playing field it even allows maybe for more upsets so to kind of to kind of sum things up here like how what you know what is the goal of a tournament or or, um you know what makes a tournament exciting like do you want just the best team to always win do you want upsets do you want to do you want to level the playing field for everybody and that's kind of you know also a side out versus rally question there but does that does that make sense yeah go ahead bob uh i think it makes sense um me personally I think, you know, the person that deserves to win, I, I think, should win. Um, obviously, I would love to see, you know, I would love to see the upsets every time, though. I mean, you know, if there's an underdog that is fighting their way through playoffs. and Yeah, me too, because I'm usually the underdog. Yeah, yeah. You and me both. You and me both. So, so it might actually be better, Matt, for you and uh... – <laughs> To, to, so do, like, to do to uh, do rally scoring, right? Yeah. Like give you more of an opportunity, but yeah. So, Sorry, Bob. No, no, you're fine. So like, you know, if the if the best team you see walking into the tournament is you know if they're gonna walk through everybody, then yeah, that's that's not you know it's not exciting. Um, as long as the divisions are 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 you know correct as long as everybody's in their given division i i don't really see that happening though i mean one one thing that i can an example that i can use is one of the uh pittsburgh grass open tournaments a while back um a, a team traveled a pretty good distance to play in it um i saw the one guy walk in and figured that that was it. That was the tournament, you know, and he had just won uh, the Pottstown Rumble that year. Um, and he ended up 
being upset in the finals um, by two, two guys that definitely play very well together um, and would be considered the underdog in that situation. Cinderella story out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so to my yeah. point on that, what makes a good tournament, what makes, you know, rally your um, uh, side out better, what makes a great tournament experience is I always feel I've, my best tournament and the most fun I have are when I get to know that, and, and, and if we're going to say about a tournament in general, is that every team has had a chance to put their best foot forward, right, and to play their best game. If you're facilitating that, right, if you're not like, oh, man, I just had to sit for two hours or, man, like, I, you know, I, I had to get here at six and then, you know, wait for four hours or, um, you know, my net was done and, you know, the other net took another hour. So basically not, I guess not having, a, I don't want to say not having an excuse, but basically knowing that I was giving every chance I could to play my best game. Um, and that's another reason I think I really, probably because I grew up with side out scoring in old school rules. Um, the other reason I like that is because that gives me a chance to be aggressive with my serves and take chances. Um, so if you can facilitate that, I think that's what gets you a great tournament. You know, I want a lot of play. I want a lot of touches and I want to make sure that I was given my best shot. Um, and to that other point, um, you know, one of the other issues is that, and this has happened to me twice, um, going to the rumble, which I look forward to every year, not just because I get to catch up with some of my, you know, good friends from, you know, way back when is that like, if you get into a tournament, I had one year that, uh, very first game, you know, I popped a, a hammy. Right. And so my buddy Kevin was basically playing with the lame, the lame duck partner, uh, that you know we were basically out of it before we even started and we you know we've been waiting for this all year i drove across the state and it's over before we even got a chance and i had no problem bowing out but now his day is shot because i got hurt literally the next year same thing happened we played our first game two points in he gets a kevin durant and you know calf string so now i've drove five hours you know woke up early did all the things i got to do and my day is over not only like that like my, you know, the year it happened to me, we limped along and had no chance of winning. The year it happened to him, my day was done. Uh, so putting some things in place like that, where like, uh, you know, they have um, the Rumble has, you know, find a partner. You know, having people that are willing to be, you know, emergency players that are like, hey, I'm willing to show up and play, you know, men's double A if somebody gets hurt. You know, um, and maybe there's incentives to have those people come in and you know, be a division manager or just be there. Um, and it doesn't have to be a very long list, but that way, and obviously it can't happen, you know, if you're four, four games into pool play, you know, or four matches into pool play, like, you know, your day's over. But, you know, if it's your first match, you know, uh, being able to substitute a partner, uh, substitute a partner out, um, you know, as part of the rules, it would be great, right? Like, that would that not improve your player experience? Right? Did I still get a chance to put my best foot forward? Um, did I get a chance to play when you know I only get so many opportunities to play in tournaments? So I, I think that's what your goal is. Uh, you know, making you know a full day of my best opportunity to play. That that's what's really hard about the the side out versus rally 
debate because both of them have good points about them. So I still, I mean, we, you know, we obviously grew up in an area that's side out heavy. So I'm still, um, still on the side out um, side of things, but I totally get why players love rally, why tournament directors love rally. Um, are Bob are more upsets in a tournament? Cause I guess you could argue that I get, you know, people argue that rally is, you know, levels the playing field is more upsets. I guess you can even think about because it's relevant to March Madness now too. Does, you know, do more upsets in a tournament make it better or worse? Or maybe it's neither. I don't know. Uh, I I think upsets make it more exciting for sure. I I wouldn't say better or worse. Um, I think the only way it would make it worse is if if you're a betting man. (laughs) Uh, what's more well i'll ask you guys both this what's more dramatic uh a team that gets hot and playing rally and is able to upset the top seed because they played the game of their life or two very evenly matched teams that have been at 14 14 for 20 minutes playing their hearts out right just trying to get that last that's that last point matt that's so so well put man because you could argue both in both scenarios so right but i think there's a clear winner right i don't know to me at least for me for me i gotta say watching two teams be on the edge of of victory and fighting tooth and nail and watching them be to the point of exhaustion and then finding another jump serve to get that next point that they fought 20 minutes for and then you know fighting for another five minutes to only lose that point and be back at deuce you know, uh, to me, I think that creates more drama and more excitement. Um, as much as I love to see the, you know, the little guy win, um, I think I think you get more drama and excitement out of out of the option, you know, upside out. Yeah, fair point. Well, yeah, let's yeah. let's leave it there um, for now, guys. I know I've I've kept you longer than I said I was going to keep you. So, um, all good. Yeah, I really appreciate doing this, guys. We'll have to do this again um, offline maybe sometime too, of course. But any, uh, I don't know, I guess maybe to kind of sum things up just based off of the conversation. um, I don't know, Bob and Matt, if you have maybe a one word or one one sentence around what you think might improve grass volleyball the most. I don't know, Matt, you want to start with a word or sentence based off of what we talked about? technology i think that's i think we start there bob yeah uh, if it's not technology i I would i would say uh exposure i mean with with what the avp's you know about to do i think i think that's going to grow grow the uh grass game a little bit as well yeah and make it a little better Yep. Yeah. I think both, both that AVP grass tour announcement and, um, you know, future technology for, for grass, I think would be huge. So, all righty boys, thanks again for your time. Uh, you know, this is, this is really fun, really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, guys. Can't wait to see you guys and catch up on the court, man. Be great. I know. Yeah, seriously. All right, guys. Thanks again. I really appreciate it.
Follow Bobby Weber on Facebook and Instagram. That's Weber1B. And Matt Cooney on Facebook. That's K-U-N-E-Y. And for some of the best cheesesteaks in all of Pittsburgh, check out Matt's restaurant, Secrets Bar and Grill, located in West Mifflin.